What's up, everybody? We're back again. The latest edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by high school sports guru Noah Glosson. We've got full week three Bay Area high school football action coming back this weekend. Some big games. I know last weekend was huge. Sarah, with that comeback win against La Salle, we talked about that on our Twitter spaces, our last podcast. I guess, though, still, what are your takeaways from this last weekend, and what are you looking forward to going into week three here in the Bay Area? Well, we saw that um, De La Salle uh, lost its third um, NorCal game in less than a calendar year. Uh, before that, they had won 318 in a row. Now, don't get me wrong, De La Salle is still an elite program. Uh, they've always been elite uh, for a very long time. Justin Allenbaugh is a great coach. They've got some stars, Charles Greer, Cooper Powers, Derek Thompson, Carson Suisui is a rising athlete. He's he has done well, but Sarah is just unbelievable. I said it on the Twitter space. I'll say it again. Patrick Walsh firmly cemented himself in the football immortality with that win over his alma mater. Um, we saw McClymans take down Bellerman in a great game. You were at that game. And El Cerrito is once again um, a terrific program under uh, Rinkin, the head coach. He's done a good job there over the past few years. And, yeah, this was a hectic week last week, and I think we officially have a new number one team in Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, can you now officially say Sarah is the class of Northern California football? Yes, yes, especially. And I think they're primed to go to open two years in a row. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And now there are some big games. We're going to get into this crazy stuff. I know there's a lot of scheduling changes going on. Right. And we all seen a heat record temperature. I think Livermore and Fairfield earlier this week were 116 degrees, the hottest recorded temperatures, I believe, in Bay Area history from what I read earlier this week. It's changed a lot of the high school football landscape practices at night, practices at 6 a.m. I know Monta Vista practice at 6 a.m. Their lights were not turned on. So I think Coach Millard put on his high beams on his truck to get the lights going. I was at Heritage last night at 730 to 9 o'clock. St. Vincent de Paul had a later practice on Tuesday evening. So it's it's a different time period. But what are some of the things, Noah, you're seeing and how will this affect scheduling and games, at least this weekend in the Bay Area? Well, we've already seen a couple of schedules in the Bay Valley Athletic League. Um, Antioch is going to play their JV game on a running clock that's going to last an hour. And at 730, they're going to take on Rockland. We'll uh, talk about that matchup. It's a big matchup in a bit. Uh, I got here at my college for a 8 a.m. physics exam at 7 o'clock. Uh, college Park was out practicing. Um, yeah, so they're just doing whatever they can to avoid the heat. We saw a big story to come out of the Central Valley, Del Oro of Loomis. A player collapsed amidst a 115-degree heat wave during a practice, despite the golf match being canceled for that school. Uh, so we're going to see a lot more of that. He is recovering. The player is recovering and getting better. But that was um, a big story to come out. And it was kind of inevitable. The CIF has warned about heat illness, just like they've warned about air quality. If it's 150 or above, you can't play. There should definitely be some grounded rules for that, uh, for heat illness, especially in the future after this. Yeah, you're seeing some of these 9 p.m. kickoffs. We'll see if more of those happen. I've seen a couple of those get changed to 9 o'clock in the Sac Joaquin section. We'll see about out here. I know there's some of them at 730. 
maybe in the Tri-Valley, we get some of those other parts. Now, when he gets to San Francisco and I think Sacred Heart Cathedral, that game, I don't think we'll see any changes to kind of schools like that, just with obviously the way it cools down with the fog hitting you right across the bridge there. But it's going to be interesting to see Menlo Amador Valley's game got rescheduled just because Menlo doesn't have those lights. Some other schools don't have lights either. So how does that affect them if they have games this week? Because if you don't have nights at your school, that's tough to get practice in. Menlo doesn't have lights, so it's hard for them to get practice, and they can't play Amador Valley on Saturday. Amador Valley, though, as Menlo said, gracious enough to change the schedule in that game. will now be Friday, September 30th at Amador Valley at 7 p.m. Amador Valley giving back there. They've donated how much to Foothill High School. I'm going to give them a shout-out, too. Foothill didn't have enough how much. We, there's that crazy how much shortage. Amador Valley donated its helmets, some of them to its cross-town rivals, so Foothill could play football, but just a lot of craziness, and it seems like it's the unprecedented stuff just keeps on continuing out here when it comes to high school athletics. Yeah, it's been crazy lately. Um, I think also Heritage switched up a bit. A lot of teams, you know, they'd rather practice at night or early in the morning than, you know, get engulfed in 110-plus degrees. Uh, this blistering and swelting heat wave has really uh, changed the landscape of practices over the last week. And even though it is going to cool down, we saw that, you know, men lost to reschedule because without lights, they have to, they're forced to practice in like the middle of the day. And that's when it, and that's when uh, this heat is at its peak. So they can't do that. So it was the right call to schedule it on the mutual bye week on September 30th. Yes, it was. I'm 100% with you. And there still are some big games this weekend. We've had some rescheduling, some shuffling. I know you're going to be at one of them, De La Salle, St. Francis. Let's just go into this one immediately. Last year, St. Francis was that team. Snapped De La Salle's 318-game unbeaten streak to Northern California. Seems the last time they were beat. 1991 to Pittsburgh, St. Francis does it. De La Salle comes back, takes the lead. St. Francis comes right back down. Matt Doherty, clutch touchdown pass there in the end zone. St. Francis wins. What are you looking for in this one? I think De La Salle is, is going to be hungry for revenge. They definitely haven't forgotten that loss that many could argue was just the beginning of the same of um, the sign that De La Salle is no longer invincible. Sarah, uh, Sarah, St. Francis, Folsom, there are so many teams in this Bay Area. They're going to become increasingly competitive now. De La Salle still lead, don't get me wrong. When it comes to these three, lo that loss last year was by three points. Their open game was a mat. The uh, game against Folsom was a matter of one point. Uh, it was actually a game of inches, really, on a two-point conversion. And then Sarah was decided by a uh, last-second field goal. Uh, I think Daly Style is going to come out firing. And they could honestly – they're going to put a beating on St. Francis, in my opinion. They're hungry. They're determined. They know what they have. They are an elite program. They're still going to push it, and they're going to get their revenge on Friday. Yeah, De La Salle being hungry and motivated has to be just about as scary of a force as you can think. Because De La Salle, it's not often they lose. So when they lose, you know that firepower is coming out. This was already your event store for them, really, is at least what it's been said by all of us coming into this year. Now that they actually have a loss and they're one and one, that's scary. I think that line play, I really think De La Salle is going to bounce back up front. St. Francis, though, is no slouches up front. They're known for being physical under Greg Calcagno. I'm with you, though. I think De La Salle rolls on this one. De La Salle off that type of loss to Sarah. It's going to be a different game. I see Charles Greer having a big game. Cooper Flanagan making some big plays. And that De La Salle secondary and linebackers making some big plays to get that win there, too, in Concord. Yeah, easily. And, we, of course, St. Francis is a good program. Uh, last time they played on their field, they got beat up by 
Um, Dallas Salad was like they put forty five something points. But we know they have a good history over the past couple of years. They were the best team in NorCal until Sarah defeated them in the CCS final game. Uh, you know, Matt Doherty Jr., Andrew Addison, and good team overall. But I just think Dallas Salad's really, once they're hungry and motivated, there's not many teams that can stop them. No, there isn't. And St. Francis will be there at the end. They'll be one of those contending teams in the West Catholic Athletic League. De La Salle is just right now hungry, motivated, everything else. And even if St. Francis is one and two, it's one of those things that's really not going to affect rankings or anything. And it shouldn't because look at their body of work and that strength of schedule. It's like Bellarmine too, right? You lose two games, but you've lost to who? Men, the Atherton. A crazy comeback. You lose to McClymans in overtime. It's it's top non-conference scheduling, top non-league scheduling that you've got to like. And another one, you just mentioned Antioch a couple of minutes ago. This is a fun one. Antioch's looking to bounce back too, but they're playing a really strong Rockland team here on Friday night. Yeah, and of course, they're going to you know make some adjustments because the heat wave, it's really hitting the, the interior Bay Valley. Uh, they did come off a surprising loss to Vintage. Vintage, though, has a good program up there. They've always been good, big, physical, especially up front. They're in your face. Um, Antioch has always been a good, had a good culture out there. Uh, they have Charles Brown, who's really having a a great season so far, almost 500 yards, six touchdowns. He's been terrific ever since he transferred out from Pitt for his senior season. You know, Elijah Stanley's good. They have a good line. Their counterplays are effective. We saw against Monta Vista, especially. Uh, and Rockland, though, the runner-up to Folsom in the San Joaquin section last year, they've got some good players out there. They're very tough. Um, I think Rockland can honestly make some big strides again this year, and they have a Sacramento State commit. So they could make this game interesting. It's going to be very close, probably decided by a score or two. Yeah, this Rockland was a team that crushed Folsom in the regular season last year as well. So there were some injuries to Folsom. Tyler Tremaine was out, tough to throw in, as good as Austin Mack is with all those offers. That's how he's throwing. Other guys at the quarterback spot in a big game where there's injuries and everything else, that's tough to overcome. Rockland got that big one, runners up. That's another growing program with growing talent, Rockland. I think I was talking about that with Heritage coaches last night, too, talking about Rockland, talking about Whitney, who Heritage plays. Rockland, you mentioned that Sacramento State commit on defense, Derek Houston. Defense has allowed just 40 points in three games. They've got a really good rushing attack. You've got Elias Brown at 318 yards, Mason Silva 194. Maverick Collins is a sophomore receiver who leads the team in receiving. I think Rockland's going to win this game. I like the pieces Rockland has. They're really tough on defense, but it's going to be a one-score game. Antioch's going to make some plays. They're going to bounce back. But Rockland right now, I have too much faith in this Rockland team. I think Rockland wins it by a field goal. looks like Noah is still muted. We'll make sure Noah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just, I forgot. I dropped my muting. Um, yeah. What I was saying was it's the story is going to be that uh, Rockland is how they're going to counter that rush attack, especially from Antioch um, with Stingley and Charles Brown Jr. Uh, you, you know, Rockland's a good program. What they did at Folsom last year, I know a lot of injuries. Now they were the runner up. Uh, this Rockland team is dangerous. They've always been really good. And they were considered one of the better teams in NorCal. And honestly, a contender for, you know, not, I know this is crazy, but open. They were that good last year until they lost to Folsom in the uh, section championship game. 
So we got some interesting, we have an interesting matchup out there in Antioch, and it's really going to be a close game. Now, how about Heritage against Whitney? Heritage has rolled through two EBAL teams. They've got 31 seniors. Things are different at Heritage. They finally had a full offseason with their head coach going into year three. They've got more guys rolling in. Brooks Davis, by the way, a baseball guy his whole life, joins football 19.36 miles per hour in practice. In a game, who knows, that could at 20-plus miles per hour because practice sometimes is different than a game. How many more reps you get in a game sometimes in the plays. But this Heritage-Whitney game should be a lot of fun. Heritage 2-0, like I mentioned, coming off a huge win. Akronaut on the game of the week. They were up 35-0 pretty quick in that one. Forced some turnovers. Devin Rivers, again, 200-plus yards. School rushing records. Fresno State commit just two games into a senior year. I think this is a game Heritage wins, though. I know that they're definitely preaching Whitney's not going to be easy. They're going to make it tough. This game can come down to the end. But Heritage is a team I'm really falling in love with right now. I love the culture they've got. They're all in. Four to six, all this other things that they're mentioning is they're monstrous. I think Heritage has it now. I think Heritage gets a 3 0, but it's not going to be easy with a great Whitney team traveling out to East County. Oh, yeah, easily a heritage. Uh, you know, Devin Rivers, he's been a star so far uh, with the games he's produced, 200 yards in two consecutive games. Jeremiah Rufin's a great athlete. He's played really well as a receiver. Uh, he has a Nevada offer. Um, I like this culture that they have in Brentwood. And they're. Re- I think they can honestly compete with Liberty in that final game of the season. That's going to be fun. But for Whitney, Whitney's going to make it interesting. They are a tough team for sure. And out there in Rockland as well, um, I can see them definitely making it tough. A lot of good teams out in the Saint, the Sacramento Valley, but I think Heritage is going to take this game slightly, given all the talent they have in that hungry senior class. I am with you on that one, and there's also a big Thursday night game tonight too. We'll have coverage of this Hollister against Valley Christian, seven thirty p.m. in Hollister. Valley Christian, zero and two. Those losses, those Salinas. And Wilcox, Wilcox now a top 20 team in the Bay Area. How do you think Valley Christian responds to going 0-2 to start out? I um, I think it's going to be tough, but I do think Hollister might have the edge here. Valley Christian, we know that proven football culture. They lose Jurion Dickey, but they've been good for a long time, even before Jurion Dickey. And I have faith in them that they will find that new identity with the loss of that superstar to Menlo Atherton. Uh, Kai Hamilton's a great receiver. Jonathan Kraft can really sling the football. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where Valley Christian goes from here. But I know with uh, Mike Machado at the helm, he's been doing this for, what, 20 years. It's going to be um, a very interesting uh, battle up ahead. So that's going to be a fun one down in down there in the South Bay. Yeah, you had Jackson Berman as a starting quarterback the last couple of years. You throw in a sophomore at that schedule, those defenses, not easy. You're right, though, about Jonathan Kraft. I think he's an emerging star in the Bay Area high school football scene in Northern California. And I really like Valley Christian's line play. Chantal Lele, he's a top 100 prospect in that 2025 class. Rain Mayo is a guy you really got a game plan for, is what one opposing coaching staff in that league told us. I do think Valley Christian responds, though, on the road, a tough environment, tough trip there on a Thursday evening. I see Valley Christian finally getting on that winning side of things and going one and two entering week four. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I completely agree with you. With um with like Christian, it's gonna take some time to find that identity that we kind of knew it was coming a little bit. I was hearing, you know, talks about uh Jerry Dickey moving, but 
even then they adapt, they adjust. Uh, that's just value Christian football. Yes, it is. Anytime you got a great wine, you're always going to have a chance, especially in that side of the Bay Area. Now let's go to some of these Diablo Foothill teams. They've got some tough games coming up on the road. Camp Luna goes to Windsor. Akalani's goes to Sheldon. First off, though, let's start off with that Akalani Sheldon game. Two unbeaten teams. Sheldon's coming in with a lot of talent. So is Akalani's. Biggest keys for this game. Um, Akalani's needs to stop that run play. Devin Green is a star, three star recruit, has offers from Portland State, Washington State, Arizona, and Cal. That line, from what I've heard, is really big, really tough up front. Uh, they have a good quarterback, Machado. He can sling the football, and they have some great receivers too. Uh, Sheldon's really going to be the toughest test for them thus far to see how far they've come. And for Akalani, it's really going to be about how they, you know, utilize those receivers, Trevor Rogers, Paul Keener, and Ellis Berger. I still have faith. I think he's going to make it to over a thousand yards a season. Uh, it's all about toughness. It's all about, you know, technique for this game. We're really going to have to see who comes on top and if Aquilani's can really counter that rush that Shelton has. Aquilani's does have some of the guys on defense that make some noise there with what they've done. You've got all like that secondary, Ethan Torres, Trevor Rogers, both guys with interceptions, Jack Giorgiani, he's just all over the football. George Churchill, Justin Zagorowski have really stepped up. Now firepower with that offense, two quarterbacks, the running back, and Ellis Berger, that offensive line, Tyler Murphy, all those D1 receivers. I like what Aquilani's has. I'm going to go Sheldon, though. I think Sheldon gets to four now. Outscoring opponents, 176 to 39. They've got so much different talent. They're home, too. And they've got 23 tackles for loss in three games. Going to be, I think, the biggest challenge yet for Akalani's, but it's going to be one of those games that really just gets Akalani's tougher and makes Akalani's really a contender going into a late play here soon. Yeah, and then afterwards they got um, Oakland and Redwood before you had enter into the heart of league with Las Lomas following the bye after Redwood and, and Oakland. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be very tough, especially I just think that Devin Green is going to have another phenomenal game, great running back, um, and he's got offers, uh, four offers. Um, but then here comes another great game, Windsor and Camp Alindo. Camp making the long trip up to the North Bay to face a Windsor team. The Anderson twins have been phenomenal so far. Windsor's one and one campus two and oh. They got their revenge over Aptos. How do you see this one playing out, Chris? I like Camp Lindo so much. I'm never picking against Kevin Macy ever again. Unless they're playing maybe I guess Sarah De La Salle. That's about it. Right. I, I just love what they've got. Windsor's good. They're growing. They've got a new head coach again this year. I think Windsor's next year this could be a completely different story. These two teams face off in here. Of course, again, I'm not picking against Kevin Macy. My life depends on it. But Windsor's going to be tough. You mentioned the Anderson brothers, Judson Anderson, quarterback, 70% of his passes have been completed. Hayden Anderson nearly at 1,000 yards last year, only a sophomore now. He's definitely going to get 1,000 yards this year. I just like Camp Lindo too much. I like what they've got that Dash Weaver, Rappi Mascaroni connection Mascaroni over 1300 yards last year he's got 196 this year 11 offers Weaver's got three Lucas Concepcion really stepped up in the ground last game they were looking for that really make this that balance attack that's going to make Camp Lundo a force going through the rest of the season I think they're starting to find that identity on the ground I like Camp Lundo on the road here I think Camp Lundo wins this game by 10. Yeah same I think Camp Lundo just has too much firepower and Kevin Macy is 
a good coach the way he just you know uh, led the team to their uh, vengeance uh, revenge over after the team that crushed them on their home field last year one of the worst in the Kevin Macy era you have Weaver you have Mascaroni um, Charlie Charlie Mullen's a good um, player on defense Charlie Mirren sorry is a great player on defense he had eight tackles last week against Aptos. So this is going to be a, a fun one, but I think Camp Alindo is going to take the win up there in Windsor. Yeah, and a fun one that's currently the leader in the game of the week voting closes at 8 p.m. tonight. Check our Twitter. I'll post that link here again in a second. Vanden and Foothill. Last year, Vanden won this game by a couple of scores. Foothill with a new look team in terms of just the quarterback. Nick Walsh finally graduated. I think a lot of defensive coordinators were probably excited about that with the league MVP gone, but they've got Eric Olson. I know the coaching staff foot is really high on him. I haven't seen Olson throw the ball yet, but I'm going to trust this coaching staff. I bet you this kid's going to be good. They've got the talent, but so does Vanden. And Foothill's got to make that tough road trip out to the 707 against the defending state champions. Easily. Uh, I think Vanden has a lot of power on defense, you know, Devin Martin, all right. I know I did kind of see a tweet where Devin Martin can, said, Hey, yo, Kenny Olsen, let's, let's rally the troops, but Kenny Olsen's in college. So um, he can't do that, but still it's nonetheless this game of the week. Uh, Vanden is, has great defense. Uh, Trey Dimes is a good quarterback. They have some good receivers uh, and Foothill, a new look team, but they've got a lot of players. Uh, Jackson Chandler is a good running back on defense, you know, Millard, you, Kate Millard, you got Jake Patterson, who led the team in tackles last year as a sophomore. So, and of course, you have a new look. Um, Walsh was a fantastic quarterback, good game manager, high football IQ. Uh, I do think Vanden, though, will take this win. It's on their home field and they're 3 0. So I think they're going to move to 4 0 in the season. Yeah, I just like this team too much, Vanden. I really like Foothill. They're still getting some of these pieces and all that stuff really coming to play. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be close. Chris Lawson, the four-star top one under sophomore. He's got offers from all over the place. He had 100-plus yards in their season opener. Jackson Chandler's really stepped up. He's a 1,000-yard rusher. You can bookmark that right now. Jake Patterson, Cade Millard, Graham Sander, Samir Lattier. They've got some good guys. I like Vandeno in a close one at home. Going the momentum. Trey Dimes, Braden Chavez. Raheem Holt, all these guys. Vanden's going to make just enough plays. An experienced quarterback like Trey Dimes, I think, will be a big difference maker in what I think comes down to the final two minutes. Yeah, I mean, Foothill, um, I like what they got. I like their prospects. But Vanden has that experience, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, Orion Knoll is a great defensive end. Devin Martin's a good linebacker. But And as a result, I'm going to go with Vanden in this game. Now, is there anything else you're looking forward to this week? Any other games, any other stuff that you've really got your eyes on going into week three? Yeah, let me check the San Francisco Metro. I, know, I think there was another game I was eyeing at. Um, let's bring it up real quick. I'm going to bring it up. Let's see. There is actually a, another game, if I can see. I just let me, sorry, let me put my finger on it. Um Was it? I I like Palo Alto and Gunn. That's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, a new head coach for Palo Alto, but they're still building the identity. Two zero and two teams, but you know they played some tough teams. I 
think that's going to be actually a really underrated matchup and a really interesting one for that matter. Yeah, it is. Both coach, both schools, I should say, welcome in a new head football coaches. It's going to be fun, though. It's different, right? You know, they're 0-2, but it's a rivalry game. There's some talent, some stuff building up there. Like we said, it doesn't take overnight to build a culture, right? You've seen that with a lot of different schools. You don't just build that thing overnight, not in college, not in the pros. Palo Alto's running game, got some guys. 5.2 yards per carry. Jeremiah Madrigal, 182 yards. Jack Newman, 88 yards. You've got Tommy Butler's got some offers at receiver. Rocky Light, she's a three-year varsity starter at safety. I like Palo Alto to win this rivalry game now and get that first one of the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, Madru- Jeremiah Madrigal is a great player on both sides of the ball. Palo Alto still building up that identity. They had a lot of receivers out in their first loss against St. Natius. You got to play Leland, who's a very, very tough team. They got Brendan Mann, who's a freshman. He transferred over from Sarah, had his first game there. Uh, it's going to take some time, but Palo Alto will find a rhythm. They have a good history there. Devontae Adams went there. And once they get in the league, they'll be a lot more comfortable. Yes, they will. You've got any other stuff you're looking forward to going into week three? Uh, I guess you could say Pitt and Cal, but I do think Pitt, you know, the class of the East Bay, East County, what they've done did down in San Diego was really impressive with that win over Liberty of Nevada, a 30-2 victory. Jaden Rashada had 296 yards, I believe three touchdowns, and Keenan Higgins had a great game. Uh, I do think, though, with all the new faces and how good Pitt is, Pitt is going to take this game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Pitt's got so much talent this year. I like Cal. I like what they've got. Pitt's just got so much firepower. There's not a whole lot anybody can do to game plan for Pittsburgh. Now, if Cal wins, we'll give them all the shout-outs in the world for that. I just like this Pittsburgh team too much. It's been building up to this year for a while. Jaden Rashada, Rashid Williams, Keenan Higgins, Kai Taylor, Zach Card, you name it. They've also got some great edge rushers too. I know Alex Simpson, he was down there at that game at the Honorable texting me all the time about these guys on this Pittsburgh defense. Odero, Kaka, really shine down there. Joellis Wells, also a 2025 kid. So some young talent there, too. Jaden Hudson's a four-star sophomore, top 100 player. I like Pitt. I like what they've got at every spot. Pitt's going to win this game, and they're still going to be undefeated going into next week. But then must know has got anything else. I think that's all we've got for this episode of the West Coast Preps podcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at West Coast Preps underscore on social media. I know Noah's at Davis South St. Francis on Friday. So Noah, where can people find your coverage and how can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can find my coverage at, um, I do sometimes do at West Coast Preps, but I'll sometimes do it on my Twitter handle. It's Noah Glosson 15. Uh, last name is G-L-O-S-S-O-N. First name is Noah, N-O-A-H. That's where you can find me um, on Twitter for my coverage, but Other than that, that's all I have, and that completes another episode of the West Coast Preps Podcast. Yeah, you guys, everybody stay safe, take care, and don't worry, we'll have our Twitter spaces again Friday night. We'll also record that and upload that to all of our sites as well. So if you missed the live Twitter space, don't worry, we'll have that up probably Saturday night because Twitter spaces, it takes about 24 hours for them to give you that data and that space sent back to you. We'll have that Saturday night, Sunday morning to also post that episode there as well. But everybody... Again, take care, stay safe, stay cool, ice up, drink a lot of water, and we'll see you all this weekend across the Bay Area.